Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. The gospel is about taking the heart of stone out and replacing it with a heart of flesh, so to speak. It's about taking that evil heart out of us and putting a new heart, a heart after God within us. So this is what happens through the gospel. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of Mark. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Mark, chapter 7, verses 18 through 23, in a message titled, The Heart of the Problem. Now, here's Pastor Brian. This is the dividing line between humanism and a biblical worldview. Now, now when I say humanism, I'm talking about humanism in the sense of, you know, what we know today as secular humanism. And the philosophy is that, you know, people are essentially good and our problems are all due to things outside of us. This is the view of the world, that people are basically good. But, but that's, that's the world's mentality. So when the Bible says, oh, no, no, that's, that's not reality. The, the human heart is deceitful. And that's where the conflict comes in. But look, you know, we, we put a lot of stock in empirical evidence. You know, science is based, you know, scientific facts are based on empirical evidence. Things that you can observe. Things that you can see over and over again. Repeated patterns and things like that. Well, guess what? The empirical evidence is that the Bible is right. Because this is what we see coming out of the heart of man coming out of our own hearts. I remember when I was young and I, you know, I, I, I kind of started on my uh, career of sin in my early teens. And, you know, up until that point, of course, I was a sinner and just like everybody else. And I did a lot of bad things, but I, you know, I didn't think of them as all that bad. But, but I remember a point in my life where I really started to delve deeper into sinful behavior and, and I started engaging in, in things that I seriously had previously thought I would never, ever do. And I remember like this moment of truth one time, I think it was about 17, I was at a party, I was drinking and, you know, carousing and all the stuff that you do at those parties. And, and I remember I, I walked into the bathroom and, you know, there in the bathroom, I, I glanced at myself in the mirror and all of a sudden, I had this thought, a frightening thought, and it was, man, what are you becoming? And, and I was like, I got to get out of this bathroom. I got to get away from this mirror. This is frightening. <laughs> but, but it was true. I, I, was, I was becoming somebody that I swore I would never be. But you see, that potential for all that evil was, was always residing there in me because that is the condition. And so... The heart is corrupt, but notice the heart, it's the, it's the corrupt heart that brings the defilement. That's what Jesus said here. Notice he said, all these things come from within and they defile a man. Now, the defiling is, is the actual engagement in the things that he's just described. So, you know, as long as these things never come out, 
you know, in, in one sense, the person doesn't appear to be defiled anyway because it's all hidden under the surface. And, and you can go on and appear to be a, a certain way. But what happens? These things eventually start to overflow and, and then the, de the defilement then is present. These evils come from within and they defile the man. In other words, our actions proceed from our hearts and it's, it's our actions that, that show the defilement, but, but they come out of the heart. Jesus said in another place, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So he, he, in the context, he was talking about those who were, they were saying the right thing, but they were really evil. And he said, how do you being evil, or how is it that you being evil, how, how is it that you're saying these, these, you know, these lofty, you know, seemingly good things? He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so this is the teaching of scripture. Paul, in writing to the church in Ephesus in chapter four, verses uh, 17 through 19, listen to what he said. He said, unbelievers are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over. So here it is. They've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. So what he's saying is that because of the heart condition, there comes a point when they give themselves over to the sensuality. That's the defiling point that Jesus is talking about here. And so the heart is corrupt and defilement ultimately comes because of what is in the heart. So here's the question. What is the solution to this problem? You know, if, if this is really the problem in the world, how can it possibly be fixed? Well, I'll tell you how it cannot be fixed. It cannot be fixed through climate change. <laughs> it cannot be fixed through everybody getting a master's degree. It, it cannot be fixed through, you know, the, the kinds of things that are often being suggested as, well, th this is why the problem exists, so we just have to fix this stuff, and then the problems will go away. No, it doesn't work that way. Did you know that when the Hitler and the Nazis came to power in Germany, did you know Germany was at the time probably the most well-educated nation in the world? Do you know that many of the leaders of the Third Reich, they were people with PhDs? They were people who had gone to universities. They were people that had been professors. You know, it, it wasn't a lack of civilization in Germany that led to the barbarism of Nazism. It was a failure to recognize what the real issue was. And, and as we live in a crazy situation today, and there's all of these different voices telling us that, well, well, this is what we need to do to fix the problem. Nobody is thinking about what the real root of the problem is. The real root of the problem is the heart. How do we change the heart? And first of all, until somebody acknowledges that, yeah, that is the problem, we're not going to get anywhere. 
But, but let's just say people recognize it. Let's just say they say, okay, well, you're, okay, you're right. It is the heart. Even, you know, an individual person, all right, you're right, it is the heart. My heart is evil. My heart is corrupt. So what do I do about it? There's only one thing that can be done. You need a new heart. You need a transplant. You know, that, that, is, that happens, right? Physically. In some cases, the physical heart becomes so dysfunctional that it, it has to be replaced. And we live in a day and an age where they can actually do that. Of course, previous generations couldn't do that. But, but today, because of technology, we can, we can actually do a heart transplant and save somebody's life. I know people that have had heart transplants. That's what the Bible prescribes. Every human being needs a heart transplant. And listen to what God said he would do. Ezekiel 36, verses 26 and 27. He said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Now, now that's God's word to Israel. And, and that's what he will do for them. This is a, kind of like a description of the new covenant. Um, but, but the truth that will ultimately apply to, to Israel as a nation is a truth that's been brought to the whole world through the gospel of Jesus. That's what happens when we come to Christ. He gives us a new heart. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16, we have, again, a description here of the, the effects of the covenant. This is a covenant that I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their heart. So that's what happens. And that's what must happen. You see, that's why we so often talk about a change from the inside out. That's what the gospel is, is all about. The gospel is about taking the heart of stone out and replacing it with a heart of flesh, so to speak. It's about taking that, that evil heart out of us and, and putting a new heart, a heart after God within us. So this is what happens through the gospel and receiving the gospel. This is, this is what happens. We get a heart transplant. When a person receives Jesus as their Savior and Lord, God does a miracle. He changes the heart. He puts a new heart within us, a heart that desires new things, a heart that desires the things that please him. As Paul put it to the Philippians, he works in us because of this presence of his spirit and this new heart he gives us. He works in us both to will and to do what pleases him. That's what he does. Now, remember the story of Nicodemus. And, and Nicodemus, he's, this, he's a great religious leader. He was a Pharisee, but he was actually, he wasn't a hypocritical Pharisee. He was a sincere Pharisee. And there were sincere Pharisees. And Nicodemus was one of them. And he was a ruler of the Jews. So he was, he was not just a Pharisee, but he was also part of the ruling body of Israel at the time. He was a sincere man. 
And he was, a, a, you know, according to his standard, he was a godly man. And he saw something extraordinary in Jesus. So he comes to Jesus at night and he says, teacher, we know that you've come from God because no one can do what you do unless God is with him. And Jesus said this to him. He said, you must be born again. And unless one is born again, they cannot even perceive the kingdom of God, nor can they enter the kingdom of God. So this is, I mean, it's kind of a funny response to Nicodemus. Hey, we know your teacher come from God, but that's all he says. But Jesus knows what he wants to say. Jesus knows that he's wanting to find out like, okay, what do I need? And so he tells him, you need to be born again. And so Nicodemus, he's a little perplexed. He says, well, what does that mean? I'm old. I can't go a second time back into my mother's womb. And Jesus says, no, you must be born of water and the spirit. You must have a spiritual birth. And, and that's what we're talking about here. This heart transplant that we're talking about is really, it's, it's the new birth. It's being born again. And you know, actually the, um, the word there in John's gospel that's translated born again, it can be also translated born anew. And it also can be translated born from above. And, and it's really all of those things. I, I'm born again. It's a second birth. I've had, of course, I, I had a first birth. That's why I'm here. But now this is a second birth. But born anew, yes, it's, it's a new heart that's given to me. And born from above. It's something that is coming from God to us through the Spirit. And so... Paul, in looking at those now who have become born again, this is what he says. In writing to the Corinthians, he says this, and I'm going to read it to you in three translations. He says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's our translation right here, the New King James. And, and just note, not, I don't know if anybody is bothered by this, but, but if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. It's, of course, applies to both men and women. But what I want you to notice is this. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, listen to the New International Version. If anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. You see, that's what we're talking about. And then the NLT, the New Living Translation, says anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. I love that. Has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. You see, that is what the gospel is about. And that's what Jesus came to do. But you see, it always works this way. You know, nobody's going to go down and just show up at the hospital and say, hey, could you give me a heart transplant? I don't know. I just was out jogging today and I thought, you know, maybe 
I ought to get a new heart. So I showed up and I just thought, you know, can I get a new heart? Nobody's going to do that. Why are people going to even inquire about a, a potential heart transplant? Because they know I got a heart problem. I can't keep living with this heart. I'm going to die if something doesn't happen. That's the person who goes in for a heart transplant. And, And the same is true when it comes to all of this in the spiritual realm. You see, until a person recognizes the problem is my heart, they're not going to seek the solution. That's why Jesus and the prophets before him and the apostles after him That's why they told us the hard things that nobody wants to hear today. You know, they're they're like a doctor. You know, sometimes doctors have to give hard news to people. Uh, People don't want to hear that. They want to hear, no, no, everything's fine. It's It's all good. Doctor says, well, no, actually, it's not all good. We, you know, it's bad. And we got to do something in order to remedy this. And that's what the scriptures do. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus was doing right here. He's showing that, look, the the problem is a heart problem. And he came to solve that problem. And so for our world today, you know, people can, they can put a a bandage on it. They can, you know, try to mask it or cover it up or you know, do some self-improvement type of thing to better themselves in, in certain ways. But until you get down to the real core of the issue, nothing really will ultimately change. There has to be a change of heart. And that only comes by receiving Christ and receiving the new heart. As God said, I will put a new heart within you. And for those of you that have done that, and and that's happened to me, and I know, and you know as well, and and I think we we would all agree with this, I'm, I'm not the person that I'm going to be, but thank God I'm not the person that I used to be either because of that new heart and that renewal that the Spirit brings about in our lives. So two things as we close. Let's just, let's just remember when we think of things on uh, you know, just the larger level of, of life as it surrounds us right now, let's not forget that really the, the solution to the world's problem comes down to the individual human heart. You know, John Wesley, uh, the famous revivalist preacher back in the 1700s in England and also in the colonies here, he was very consistent in his preaching of one message. And his one message was, you must be born again. And people would say to him, well, why do you always preach you must be born again? And he said, because you must be born again. But Wesley understood that the problem was that the heart was deceitful and desperately wicked and, and, it, need, and it needed to change. And, and as he went about his journeys and you know, traveled hundreds of thousands of miles on horseback to, to preach the gospel to his countrymen in England and so forth, you know, he, one time somebody asked him, what are you doing to save the world? And he said, well, I'm saving it the old-fashioned way one soul at a time. 
Do you know that's the only way the world will ever be saved? Because the world is made up of people. And until the hearts of people are changed, the world will not change. And so as we think of the, the world around us, the world that we're in, let's not miss this. Everybody needs a heart transplant. Everybody needs a new heart. And that's what the gospel brings. And finally, personally, I'm just asking you today, have you received that new heart? Have you come to that place where you've recognized that, no, my, my heart is corrupt? Now, you know, even as a Christian, we, we still, we have this, this really interesting dynamic, even as believers, where we still have the old heart in the sense that the old nature is still there. But we've also been made partakers of the divine nature. So we have two natures, believers do. And we find that they're many times in conflict. But our objective and goal as believers is to feed and to cater to the new nature. And, and as we do that, the, the old nature is starved. And so the old person that we used to be fades more and more into the distance with the passing of time. And one day, that will all be completely changed. But right now, today, where are you personally? Are you that person who now possesses two natures and there, there's the conflict and you sense it, but you're feeding the spirit and getting the victory and the old is fading into the, to the, to the distance and, and the new is, is surfacing? Great. That's where, that's where we need to be. Uh, if it's going the other direction, then stop, turn around, start, start feeding the new nature. But maybe there's somebody here today who has not even yet received the new heart. But that comes through receiving Christ, through receiving the gospel. And, and that's the miracle. And I never want us to forget this because I think it's so easy these days to kind of just uh, forget. And, you know, we get in this idea of, I don't know, it's just Christians, religious, and now the term evangelical. And, you know, I hear people say, oh, I used to be an evangelical. And it's like, that's religion. Forget that. The question is, do you have a living, vital relationship with God? That's the gospel. And that's what happens when we receive the new heart. That new heart is, remember, we are born again. We are born anew. We are born from above. And, and the way that takes place is uh, we'll go back to Nicodemus for one second. So Nicodemus is saying, well, how can this be? How could, would I go back into my mother's womb a second time? And Jesus basically said, no, this is how it is. God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. That's how the heart is changed by believing in the Son, believing personally in him, believing not just merely intellectually that Jesus came and lived and so forth, but no, believing he is the Son of God. He died on the cross for my sin. He rose from the dead for my justification. He calls me to follow him, and that's what I'm going to do. That's how the heart is changed. 
for the month of July, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled Another Gospel by Elisa Childers. Deconstructed faith stories are being celebrated in our culture today. Abuse in the church, dismissed doubts, legalism, and suffering are only a handful of factors that are leading Christians to question their faith. In her book, Another Gospel, Elisa Childers shares her own journey of doubt and struggle that led her to re-examine her own faith and ultimately overcome the challenges of her faith. In this book, she battles progressive Christianity with evidence, insight, and clarity. To learn how to combat and survive the onslaught of progressive Christianity, we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com to order another gospel by Elisa Childers. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue next time with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the Gospel of Mark. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.